It is time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. You should know that. You know when we play the full song, the full-ish song. We, You know when we play the longer part of uh, Book of Mormon stories written by the solutions. <laughs> when we go longer, you know that it's an Articles of News. And uh, by the off-cue, not-on-rhythm singing, you know I am joined by Mr. Mayor himself. Welcome, Mr. Good Mayor. Good morning. Good afternoon, good day. Where I don't know when you're listening to this, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're listening to shows in podcast form, it can be good future. Yeah, good future. Good future to you. How's everything going? Uh, well, very good. Yeah, freaking out a little bit because you know got my surgery coming up. But yep, outside of those quiet moments when I kind of lose my brain, mm-hmm. I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh, do you do you look at it? Um, I know from some people that I've talked to who have gone through similar things. That the freak out is not only <clears throat> the seriousness of the surgery, because it is a pretty serious surgery, um, but but also the freak out of like, th- this could be, this is the potential for a, not a not a wholly different life, but a significantly different life having, oh, yeah. having you know, the gastro bypass sleeve, sleeve, sleeve bypass, sleeve. why can't I remember it's the sleeve. Okay. It's the sleeve. Like a tattoo. You wanted to get I, a tattoo, but I you got get your ta- sleeve on your that's, stomach. Got it. That's right. So, uh, was, okay, it's definitely the, the the surgery is is you know freaking me out. But truthfully, I think it's the latter more than anything. This idea that I am doing this drastic surgery, which freaks you out anyway. But if I'm doing that, I you know, because the life change is not just about the surgery. It's about the surgery allowing me the opportunity to, to do it, to go farther than I've been able to in, on my own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And will I be up for that task is a little bit there as well. So the life change is, is significant. Also, there's a little bit of mourning of, I liked not caring about what I ate, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at times, not at sure. forever, but, but it's, it's no fun to have to restrict yourself and everything else. And sure. And so um, there's some of that as well. So there's just a lot of kind of emotions from, uh, you know, it's funny because it's like, I think I wish I didn't have consequences for my choices of food. You and everyone else. (laughs) So and that's and that's really this is just kind of setting a big consequence for, you know, the, the way my body partakes takes takes in energy and Mm -hmm. this just maybe changes it up but i ultimately i'm hopeful i'm hopeful for the outcome the outcomes outweigh i think the the great outcomes outweigh the the freaking out Mm -hmm. um and so i'll just deal with the freaking out right now yeah yeah uh i know from because my wife dealt with this a lot do you have um a um either like a mental health coach or like a motivation person you do you have that person or a therapist or someone like that walking alongside you as well they uh they were they were first of all they required my the particular surgeon that i went they required me go through that and they have they have resources that i i can take advantage of and then i have a a counselor that i've used in the past as well that i could reach out to so i'm planning on utilizing all those and that was one of the reasons i chose the doctor i chose Mm -hmm. um like i i know others who've chosen the doctor who just that's all they do. They just go in. They don't have any sure. pre pre care or post care. It's kind of all on the 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 patient to do that. And I really didn't want that. I needed. I knew I needed some extra, you know, help from a, from a post care, especially from a post care scenario. So yeah, I'm definitely taking advantage of those resources. And then another question that's none of my business. How does your wife feel about it? You know, she doesn't speak too much too much about it. She's she's really supportive. Uh-huh. I haven't ever really, I think the reason I haven't really gotten into it, because if she's, if I dig into her and like, and I, and I find out she's really freaking out too, I think that'll amp just, up my uh, yeah. level. Okay. Freak, okay. Freak out. okay. She hasn't expressed anything, even though I would bet that she's in the same boat. She's excited for the outcome. She definitely would like me to live past 60. Mm-hmm. You know, she likes me. Um, at least right now, anyway. Yep. <laughs> and um, current and, you, will she like future you? Uh, you know, there's part of that that makes me worry as well. Will I be a different person? Yep. Skinny, and I don't think I will. But I think there's a there's a weird fear there. 
I can't wait till two years from now when you're just like washboard shredded and you're like, yeah, it's new life, man. Washboard shredded, but with a layer of skin that just no, you, and listen, you would you would go. <laughs> I know people that have got that snipped off. That's that surgery is crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I need to get to there. I need to get to the next through the next year before we can even start thinking of those things. OK, OK. Anything else going on, or is that literally every thought, every waking second? My mother-in-law is visiting us, which is awesome. She's, she, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but you know, those all those jokes about mothers-in-law that you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have and stuff. I don't understand them because my mother-in-law is a delight. She's mm-hmm. wonderful, and uh, she and she listens to the cultural hall. Interesting. <laughs> I don't think she does. Oh, okay. I told her to do a podcast. She looks at me like. Not sure what a podcast is. Did she say, do you mean show in podcast form? And you said, oh, that's right. I don't ever get that right. I don't ever get that right. I don't get a lot of things right that I'm supposed to get right. Well, you don't have to do the ending today. I. That's true. We, that's we, true. We've got another edition of the Temple Ticker, Corey K. Ward. I nailed it the last time, though. Yes, you did. After yes, you did. how many of these? We should count them At up. At least 52. <laughs> and you finally nailed it. It takes me 52 times to, to finally get something. You got it. You got it. Uh, he'll be here doing all the temple news, including one of the articles is an update on all 118 President Nelson announced temples. So look forward to that. That's coming is up. Is there in an the third update block. on the Austin temple? Because I haven't heard anything. Well, maybe you'll have I'll to have listen to for the third block. I will yeah. definitely listen. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything that might be exciting that I could tell you. Oh, oh, I had the. You know, I am I am so blessed. Oh, yeah. Well, I knew that, but I I am so blessed because you know all the things that could go wrong with, with a home. Everything? Oh, yeah. with a home. With oh, a home. I know what you're talking, but I, keep going. I, I get to experience all of them. I haven't experienced all of them yet, knock on wood, but I'm but you I'm, will. But I'm doing the the homeowner bingo right now. And, so and it I've sounds always... like you really hit the hit the jackpot on this last one. Yeah, one of them. I would say uh, when we had the leaky roof and had to completely replace the roof, maybe that was the center square. Uh, But but this last week, I got to replace my water main to my house. Oh, yay. And this is how this is how I found out it was leaking. Uh, you know, you 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 run the sprinklers. If you're any kind of member of the church in the state of Utah, you have a vast lawn that takes immense amounts of water. That because you, if you don't, you don't. You're not worthy. Yeah, you, you judge your other neighbors by the greenness and lushness of their lawn, according to that article a couple weeks ago. Jeez. Uh, but I had turned the water off to the sprinklers, and then I was out kind of wandering the lawn, and maybe I was raking. I can't remember. And I stepped, and I went. Well, this grass is wet still, and the sprinklers have been off long enough that I went, hmm, hmm. This, this should not be wet like it is. And so then I popped up, opened my water meter, uh, like tank or whatever you call you it. You went like, investigating. I went investigating. If you go investigating, you're going to find problems. It's yep. not there unless you look. Yep. <laughs> yes, because now I wonder how long it's been going on because it was not an overnight thing. Uh, but. There, behold, I open up the water meter and it's full, almost like four feet of water, <laughs> just full of water. I mean, water. You, normally you look in there to see if the little number's moving because right. then you know it's leaking, right? Yep, yep. But you didn't have to worry about that number because nope. it's nope. just full of water. Just, just leaking. So <sighs> I, I dug a four foot by five foot hole myself and then I found out that, and that let this be the lesson, let this be the warning to everyone listening. And I'm being serious. Let me be the clarion call for your future self. And and you will thank me. And several people in my life have taken my advice. You are able to, at least in the state of Utah, but I would imagine they'll take your money anywhere, buy separate insurance that allows you to insure your water main. That is from your water meter to your house. I because my old home was almost a hundred years old when I moved to this home, which is 75 years old went, yeah, put me down for that. I would like water main insurance from my water meter to my house. So once I found out that it was insured and that someone else could do it and all I had to pay with my deductible, I jumped out of that hole and said, yeah, let the professionals do it. I don't need to dig this hole anymore. That makes me, makes me kind of want to look into that in my house. Yeah. And it's only like, 
three to five bucks a month to insure that. And if I would have had to pay for my water main wow. out of pocket, $11,619. You know, a lot of people think insurance is a scam and they, th- you know, you know, hey, you're paying for something you hope you never use. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, that sounds like a great, op- great scenario to be in if uh, you ever decide or if something ever ha- decides to happen to you. Um, yeah, I think that's a good having a water main go out it's you're lucky because you you got it but normally the way you find out is middle of the night something goes crazy right and now you have to deal with it yeah it never it never occurs when you're like you know what i could use today i'd like my water main to break and let's replace that time i just had an (laughs) influx of money yeah and this would be a great time to do it yeah let's uh let's take a break we got some serious articles of news including uh, one Patreon saint, Tyler Harper, who sent in an email that said, Hey, this is big news where I'm at. You guys haven't mentioned it on the cultural hall yet. We'll get into it. I did research. Ooh. We'll come back and do that in the second block of the cultural hall. Best DJ in Utah.com is a website that you need to go to. If you would like to party with me now, Just because it says Utah as part of the URL does not mean that it has to be in the state of Utah. I've traveled to such illustrious places as Wyoming, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and others, Idaho as well. If uh, if you're having an event and you think, you know what, I would love the energy, the charisma that is Richie uh, to be able to bless the event. I don't know why I said bless. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Maybe you, you yourself are getting married or has been the case multiple times this year. You are the apparent not a parent, just the parent, uh, or one of the parents, because there's multiple parents. I'm getting distracted. You are one of the parents of the bride or groom, and you think, Richie would be great to be at this event. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Be sure that you mentioned uh, that you hear it on the cultural hall. I may, in fact, even get you a little bit of a discount. Who knows? We'll see how I feel that day. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hey, friends. Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. As you know, there's been a huge video card shortage for computers. We have tons of NVIDIA and AMD video cards right now available with complete systems. Check us out right now at PCLaptops.com. Here in the second, you know, I want to call it act because we're not blocks anymore. We don't have three blocks of church. That's why the cultural hall is divided into three blocks. That's how long we've been around. Back in the day, kids, when we used to have the three-hour church, and someone's only calling was to press the little bell in the church that I don't even know if that bell exists anymore. I haven't looked. Did they take all the bells out now that we don't do it? I bet in in Utah they 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 still use them, but out in in Texas they didn't ever exist. They don't mm. even have them at at the churches. I'm gonna have to track it down because I'm gonna insist that they give me that calling too. As soon the as Sacramento is over, the unnecessary because everyone knows right after Sacramento goes. Anyway, uh, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Uh, I'm going to let you take the first article because I got to pull up Tyler's email so I can properly introduce it. Sounds good. So the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. Oh, of course little, you little did. News. Of, of course, course. I got to start. Of course. But this isn't very long, but this is kind of cool. If you are like me and have never been able to attend the Christmas concert in person so you can see it live, mm-hmm. you can only watch them typically on PBS the year after. Yes. Or... You can buy the DVD, which is now available for last year. So Megan Hilty and Neil McDonough. We still um, have DVDs. Yeah, you can buy. I I buy DVDs and be and Blu-rays all the time. Really? With, I buy them so, and then I get the digital the the digital copy. I never mm-hmm. watch the Blu-ray DVD, yeah. <laughs> but I always watch the streaming copy. But if the if there was ever a situation where the internet was down. I could still have entertainment and everyone else would be lost because streaming services are down. Well, in that case, uh, in, in this case, the DVD is now available. You can go to uh, tabernaclechoir.org to find out more details. And you can actually watch last year's and get ready for this year's, especially you can you can be like me and wish you could actually go to the new one with uh, Leah Salonga. You won't be able to. You won't be able to see it till next year unless you're able to actually go. But this last year's is now available so there you go so give you enough time to get your email 
The past is now available. Perfect. The past is now available. Uh, yes, it did. People can email us. Always contact at theculturehall.com. Uh, that never closes, and uh, it's fun to be able to get emails there to be able to know about. And news we just stories. learned that you can really make Richie uh, anno- uh, upset by having emails in his email box because he hates emails in his email box. It's not that I hate them; it's that I obsess over them and need to take care of them. Very oh, different. Okay. I love the contact that emails allow, especially contact at theculturehall.com. What is hard for me is having them sit there in an inbox and be like, oh, I need to take action on that. I need to do this. And so I the- encourage everyone to make it as hard on Richie as possible. Send Perfect. lots of emails. Thank you. Tyler writes, so this has been an ongoing story lately in Canada. I'm sure if too, I'm not sure if too many people pay attention to it. No one at work has said anything. I think I run with a pretty understanding crowd, and this article is more for those who just want to be upset at something. That's my commentary on it. So here, he lives in Canada, Tyler does, but this story is also coming out of Australia as well. And so here is is my best understanding of what uh, this particular story is about. So in the United States, When you donate, that is tithing or any other thing, when you donate to a church, you can deduct those donations as tax, uh, like tax deductible, tax free, right? I gave $1,000 to the church, so don't tax me on that $1,000 I gave to the church. I gave $10,000, whatever, right? Now, in the United States, in the last most recent years, because of the... uh, the the word is going to escape me and people that work in this are going to just be so frustrated. But when you um, claim just the regular amount of taxes, right? You don't itemize your taxes. You, uh, you get a certain amount kind of like credit. Standard, towards, yeah, standard standardized deduction. deduction. There it is. There it is. So most people anymore in the United States, they don't donate enough to the church and or otherwise to have it really make a difference because the standard deduction is more than than uh, if it, if they hadn't right so you get a standard deduction so all to say in canada and also in australia when you donate to churches those donations are taxable and that has changed in recent ish years i think 2014 is when it changed and so um so what is happening as I understand it, is uh, and the the particular piece where I got most of this information is from an Australia sixty minutes, which I'll list that in the show notes um, for this episode. What what has happened is is because those donations to the church itself were taxable, the church in Australia, that is church headquarters, uh, set up the LDS charitable organization in australia and said hey members of the church donate to this organization your tithing rather than to the church and you won't have to pay taxes on it so far sounds sort of reasonable right maybe maybe if you're like well if it's still going to the church i should have to pay taxes on it maybe that's how you feel about air quotes loopholes you think, okay, well, I don't, I don't know how I feel about a loophole, but that certainly seems to be a loophole. But where the issue comes about is, according to Australian government, all of that, uh, all of that money and or employment for that charitable organization has to be people who work in Australia, uh. and it does not seem that that LDS charitable organization that has been set up for the people of Australia to donate their money to is anything more than a shell a shell charity. charity that people can donate to. And then that money, you know, gets sent to headquarters and then dispersed otherwise. And so, you know, upwards of since I think 2014 upwards of like $400 million have been, donated through this charitable organization and 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 so the australian government is mad because they're saying hey 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 the taxes that would have gone on that 400 million dollars would go to help roads and schools and all these things and and so essentially uh accusing the church of 
tax evasion. That's interesting. So I have a it'd be interesting. I have a, a friends in Australia because that's where I served. Uh-huh. Kind of want to reach out to them, and I, one of them is a bishop, and so I wonder if he has any particular idea on some of that. Sure. Now, full disclosure, there will be some people, especially if they take the time to watch the 60 Minutes documentary, that will discount it for a few reasons. One, uh, every shot that they have of a missionary kind of in this, like, uh, you know, dramatic dramatization of what missionaries do. It's a single missionary. And I just am like, come on. Everyone knows they travel in twos. Right. So immediately someone will dismiss it for that. The second thing that I think that people will dismiss it for is they'll look at it and go, oh, the people that they're talking to are one is a gentleman who used to be in church leadership in uh, in uh, Australia. And now he's part of some government parliamentary, blah, 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 you know, some sort of form of government. I don't understand. He's in that. And then the other people that they talk to are also former members of the church. And I know that some people are just like, well, they hate us and they can't leave us alone and they won't let us be in all of those things. But if the fact is. But if it's true, it doesn't matter. Who's yeah, speaking yeah, yet. exactly. So I'd be interested to see. I, I, I'm going to reach out. I'll reach out to Blair. My yep. friend, and see what he says about it, and see if I can report back. If there's nothing to report back, you'll never hear from me. But yeah, if there, yeah. If he has a particular point of view, maybe we can grab him and have you chat. Yeah, I, I would be curious, but that seems to be uh, where the issue is. And I know for Canada, Tyler, going back to the initial email, I know that Canada is a little miffed because it's a lot of money that they feel like isn't being spent in Canada. That's where they're sort of upset is that people are donating, saying this is for charitable organizations. And then uh, the United States of America headquartered Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is taking the money. And even if it's not being spent in the so USA, it is specifically being... tithing or is it more the charitable, the, the charitable donations? Like, well, how so do we, I like... so I think that that's where it gets hazy because Canada this is where I'm stepping out of my bounds, so someone can certainly correct me, contact at theculturehall.com. But I think Canada has done the same thing as Australia has done and said, here is a way that you can make your tithing donations and not be taxed on what you donate. So it does specifically seem to be targeting tithing donations, yeah. Yeah. which is a, that would be more of a problem because tithing is kind of a worldwide right. thing right. where charity might be, you could maybe do something different with it. It'd be yep. interesting. Definitely so I'm trying to, to know more. I'm trying to present the facts as though, uh, as they are, rather than with any sort of uh, emotion, feeling, or interpretation of it. That's oh, I think you should do it with uh, with 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 dr- drama. Now, do it okay. again. Well, and do let, it with oh, <laughs> a, a lot of hand waving and hand waving. Okay. Yet. Theatrical. That's not a word. What you, just said, what you just said is not I, I know. <laughs> uh, what, what other news stories do you have, my friend? So there was this rumor this last week on yes. Twitter. Yes. Um, that uh, that there was a congregation in Tucson, Arizona that was oh, yeah. bringing together all their people and they were overseeing voting and voting all as a block to make sure everyone voted the right way um yeah, to to be clear as i understand it the the suspicion or the accusation was that some bishop or some church leader said bring all your ballots yep and we're doing this together at the church now we'll tell you how to vote so tucson lady or i guess tucson bell 12 so this is original. from twitter from Twitter, originally posted, I was told by my LDS friend in Tucson that her family has been told that they are bringing their mail in ballots to church and fill them out together as they are instructed. Monitors will oversee the voting, they said. They didn't get theirs and would have to vote in person. They lied. And then she followed up with, I have been informed that the Tucson LDS Mormon church requiring members to attend Voting ballot parties is being reported to proper authorities, and a formal complaint is expected tomorrow. They, the well, this was the Deseret News, but several other news organizations have called around mm-hmm. trying to verify this. And outside of this one report, there's no one reporting this. They called bishops, they called 50 bishops, and 25 or so um, responded. This isn't this isn't a thing. It looks like this is just a little bit 
more uh someone's someone kind of i don't i don't know if maybe this is going on with a group of people that are are happen to be members of the church but it's not organized by the church maybe that's true um i hope not but it all seems it's all seems pretty suspect suspect at this point so i don't really kind of hold much water to any of it can i teach you something that'll make you seem hip to the kids there you go ready yeah when it when something's like that you say it's sus it's sus yeah, uh, I don't know. I it seems pretty that. sus. I'm at that age uh-huh. that if I say <laughs> hip things, uh-huh. it sounds worse than yeah. if I, I said it the other way. Yeah, even if you said it like, right and in the right context, it's still like mm. exactly. If I like walk into a bunch of like, this is sus, bro. <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> do not ever do that again. Uh, Meryl Osmond going on a mission. Oh, awesome! I thought that was cool. It, it, it's there's nothing much more than Meryl Osmond. And uh, Sister Osmond, that I don't know her name off the top of my head. I'm sorry that I don't know that. Um, Mary is her is her name. Mary and Merrill. That's cute, kind of. Uh, sister, brother, and sister Osmond are going to serve at the Washington D.C. Temple Visitor Center. So now everyone who absolutely obsessed over the Osmonds a couple generations ago, heading to the D.C. Temple so they can be able to get a tour from Merrill Osmond. He'll be the there ones for a who year. Liked Merrill over Donnie because there was that that thing well, back sure, in the sure. 70s well Some sure. like you know meryl more than donnie and you know there was always that little rivalry between yeah them. or i'm making that up but whatever it is i think that that's well you won't get donnie osmond at the dc temple you'll that's only right. get meryl that's right so line up at the dc temple to go through the visitor center he leaves I'll... in the next couple of weeks i think that's gonna uh, be cool yeah what else do you have um let's see so the creator of the chosen uh-huh oh you, geez you're um, bringing all the controversy today i know it the creator of the chosen um was was called on the carpet i guess by other christians because as they claim they used the quote right out of the book of mormon in one of the most uh recent episodes so it's the trailer for season three the trailer that's right so it's number trailer, number one trending on youtube for several days the the trailer for the chosen so uh, apparently, so it, basically, the Jewish leader tells Jesus, "If you are uh, Jesus, if you do not renounce your words, we will have no choice but to follow the law of Moses." And Jesus basically re- re- responds, "I am the law of Moses." Mm-hmm. Apparently, that seems really close to "Behold, I am the, uh, for Third Nephi, uh, chapter fifteen, verse nine. Behold, I am the law and the light. Look unto me and endure to the end, and you shall live. For unto him that endures to the end, I will give eternal life. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they see those as being the same. Well, because the accusation is is that Christ in the uh, Bible never makes that that distinctive an assertion of I am the law. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. That seems like a a stretch. I think it's I think it's a I don't know. It does not seem anywhere near a quote from the Book of Mormon. I, and I would bet that you can make the argument biblically if the Book of Mormon, if you just discounted the Book of Mormon, that Jesus Christ is the law and that he might say something like that Well, in a dramatic sense. A, and taking it one step further, um, you know, uh, he Dallas Jensen, I think, yeah. is his name. Dallas Jenkins, Jensen, yeah. Jenkins, Jenkins. Dallas, yeah, Dallas Jenkins. Jenkins. Uh, you know, people weren't having it, so they sat him down and said, "Hey, what's the deal? Did you do this? You've been working with the Mormons on the Chosen. Now you're getting all friendly with the Mormons. So did you do it? I know being friendly with Mormons is so anti-Christian. Well, so many Christian people feel like you know it's a different if it's a different breed of Christianity. Be warned. This is what the Bible speaks of, and his response is great do you have this in the article yeah, that it you says have? he says it's a cool line so either way it's the sh- it's in the show because i believe it's a really great line and i believe that it's also theologically possible and then he goes on for a minute but then he he basically he says jesus makes many statements may i am statements like i am the, the great i am so no i didn't pull the quote from anywhere it's theologically plausible line and i believe a cool jesus as king moment and that's it well, and then even further, because they just weren't fine with that. And he said, 
and this isn't an interview. I'll leave it in the show notes. He he basically says, guys, I haven't read the Book of Mormon. So if I asserted this from the Book of Mormon, it's because it's this that, uh, you know, like what you said, a cool line, a, a, a true fact. It could be doctrinal. And I just made it as part of this. I haven't read it. I don't attend. I'm not converting. This isn't the thing. Mormon people are friendly to me and they help this process. And this is great. But I'm not doing this thing that you are asserting. Mic drop. Done. I totally agree with him. I think it's great that that there is this friendship and the chosen has this uh, this Mormon supporting it. But I, you know, let's not read too much into this. Let's be we can be friends in the Christian community, whether you call me Christian or not. We can be friends. I'm trying to see. I know that we uh, and I can't we'll just leave this in the show notes because I can't find the one that we did, but we sat down with Dallas Jenkins. Uh, this was back before the chosen exploded and everyone absolutely loved it, but we sat down with him for about 20 minutes or so. And as it turns out, uh, you can find it on our Facebook page. Uh, that's the best place that I can find it. It came out April 14th, 2020. So make sure you find and follow us over just, on Facebook. Just after everything went Oh Cra- yeah, crashing down. That's right, because I watched all of the chosen while I was weeding my backyard—a thing that I swore I'd never do—and then COVID happened. It's it's one of those shows that kind of probably blew up because everyone was yeah. stuck at home. I mean, it it deserves it, but it probably helped really helped it that everyone was stuck at home and was looking for entertainment like crazy. The Tiger King and the Chosen—that's that's how the American right. people work. All right, we got one more story. And I'm going to do... Yeah, okay, you do it, because I'm good. Did you have one that you feel like should be it? No. Okay. (laughs) I have a list, but that's... Okay, Okay. would you rather drink a cup of coffee or a cup of oil? Well, it depends on the kind of oil, but... Well, it's a, a cup of cooking oil. Oh, like kind of like on Friends? You drink the fat? Yeah. It well, we'll call it for the purposes of this, we'll say a cup of vegetable oil or a cup of coffee. No sugar added to the coffee. <laughs> I probably I don't know. I probably would drink the oil simply because of my personal beliefs. It would be easier for me to justify. So my- here, so here is where this comes from. A comedian Daniel Spencer, you can find him at Dan Bam Bam on uh on tiktok Uh, i've just i've just set myself up for the joke right uh pretty much he uh he took to the campus of the brigham young university and asked attendees uh the burning hypothetical question would you rather drink a cup of cooking oil or a cup of joe to which everyone responded they would drink a cup of cooking oil and the internet went what why would you drink a cup of cooking oil that's got to be why would you what they don't drink coffee and that's when he discovered that members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints don't drink coffee so he learned something in a fun way here's what i would say students at brigham young university if someone comes up with a microphone and a camera and says can i ask you a question maybe let's not let's let's, i mean you're you're not you're, doing us you're a, a tremendous students. lot of favors. Yeah. You're not doing us a tremendous a lot of favors. So maybe... everyone knows what your response is going to be. So yeah. why why answer yeah. them? It's a setup. That's why they're there. Uh, we're going to uh, do a little hear him break for some hear him, and then come back in the third block, and we'll uh, we'll chat with Corey K. Ward, the bishop? Question mark. You wait till you hear about that. Oh, uh, that's coming up in the third block of the cultural hall. I found it hard to keep my eyes closed during prayers when I was young. I felt like I was getting away with something. It was always fun to catch someone else with their eyes open. I still sometimes open my eyes, but now it is because I feel so overwhelmed by the pleading of whoever is vocalizing the prayer that I need visual confirmation. There is something profound when you view someone earnestly entreating the heavens. I once opened my eyes while someone someone I met while I served on my mission prayed. I do not remember her name, so let's call her Lisa. 
Many missionaries from time to time will remember the little flip book of teaching aids. On one of the pages was a pattern for teaching people how they can begin to pray. It had some very basic steps designed to get someone who had never prayed to be able to begin easily. The steps were, one, address your Father in heaven, two, express gratitude, three, ask for blessings, and four, close in the name of Jesus Christ. At least that's how we were taught to explain it, but the flip chart gave examples instead of the explanation. The flip chart read, one, quote, our heavenly Father, close quote, two, quote, we thank thee, close quote, three, quote, we ask thee, close quote, and four, quote, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen, close quote. Lisa was new to religion except for a brief time at Catholic school, and she only knew the standard prayers taught to her during that time. She was pleased to know that she could speak to the Lord directly, but she misunderstood the concept initially. And when asked to give the prayer, she asked for the flip chart to prompt her. I held up the chart as we bowed our heads. Her prayer was simply the following, quote, Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee, we ask thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Close quote. We were 19-year-old boys, and we nearly cracked up, which would have been unfortunate because she was very sincere. Over the next few visits, we talked to her about how prayer can be more than just these words and should be about building a relationship with our God. It was, in the day that we st- it was on the day that we stopped by to tell her that we would be transferred out of the area that I opened my eyes as she prayed. She pleaded to the Lord for our efforts and entreated the Lord for her own salvation. To say that I was moved would be an understatement. Reflecting on that experience, I think of the hymn, Prayer is the Soul's Sincere Desire. Prayer is the soul's sincere desire, uttered or unexpressed, the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the breast. James Montgomery wrote the hymn in or around 1825. Montgomery's father was a minister, and his parents eventually served as as missionaries in the West Indies. He began writing poetry at age 10, inspired by the Moravian hymns which influenced John Wesley. Many hymns were essential, are essentially prayers, like God Our Father Hear Us Pray or Sweet Hour of Prayer. These are two of them, and there are many more. The, this hymn teaches us in a very personal way about how to prayer, and it is essentially poetry about prayer. Prayer is the burden of a sigh, the falling of a tear the upward glancing of an eye when none but God is near. My experience with my friend taught me that prayer is not just a stream of words we upload to the cloud, but a conversation between God and us, parent to child. If we forget this, we miss out on a critical piece of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Each verse of this hymn is a master class on different forms of prayer. It teaches things like, Prayer is the contrite spirit's voice. Prayer is the simplest form of speech. Prayer is the Christian's vital breath. Nor prayer is made on earth alone. J.R. Watson, a noted hymnologist, captures this hymn's essence in an annotated anthology of hymns. Um, He said of the hymn, hymn writer James Montgomery that he Quote, understood that prayer could be spoken or unspoken and that it came from the heart, often in a sigh or a tear. He also knew that it could be both simple and sublime. It is the breath of life and the watchword of the gate of death. Verse after verse adds to our understanding until the final verse brings us to the way, the truth, and the life, to, to the Jesus who was asked by one of his type, disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. Close quote. The Holy Spirit pleads, and Jesus at, our, at the Father's throne for sinner, sinners intercedes. I remember hearing my mother pray for our family at our nightly prayers, but even more powerfully, I remember accidentally walking in on her a handful of times as she emptied her soul to her Father in heaven. I have found few earthly visions of faith that rival seeing my mother pray. O thou by whom we come to God, the life, the truth, the way, the path of prayer thyself hast trod, Lord, teach us how to pray. 
I strive for more personal communication with my Savior. The memory of my mother and the experience with my friend from my mission taught me lovingly that my prayers are, necessar are, are necessary and how they can be different. We can discuss the most personal pieces of our soul with God. I previously, I previously assumed that sharing my thoughts and feelings was redundant since the all-knowing and all-seeing creator of the universe could sense that my, what my soul felt and what I did and exactly what I thought. But that is not a relationship. That is an overseer. If we want God to be our overseer, he will oblige. But we miss out on so much. He is begging us to share our hearts and minds with him. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, we do the temple ticker with uh, none other. Now, we call him Korahor, but Bishop Corey K. Ward himself <laughs> got him up early before Bishop Brick meeting. I don't know that he's actually the bishop, but I don't want to know if you're not. From here to four, you will be the Bishop Korahor, the Pharaoh Corey K. Ward. How are you, sir? Uh, thank you. <laughs> Not doing well now that people might think I'm the bishop. Well, uh, so you have bishopric meeting. Are you a, a secretary? Are you a yeah a counselor? A which count? Which uh, secretary are you? The exec sec. Okay. Okay. So you get the. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. You get the pleasure to go and be at meetings, but not in meetings. You're like the uh, the uh, chaperone for the bishop on the Wednesday nights, so that someone else is there in the building. You know, you're like the second. You're the you're the the other witness, making sure that no stories can be made up, right? Yeah, that does happen. And a and a lot of things like, uh, remember, you got a meeting with the bishop on Tuesday. It's mostly that. Yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted to be the record secretary. So know that know that there are people that envy your position. <laughs> do you take notes? Do you do shorthand for the bishopric meeting? Uh, I'm not that fancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's read the minutes from last time i've always wanted to be in a church meeting where they actually did meetings and minutes the way that meetings and minutes should be done last time we discussed bump a bump a bump and we're following up on the following things and it just goes good 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 but most of the time when i get in meetings if i've ever been in a leadership calling it's how's everybody doing <laughs> well i guess we better get to it i have control of what's on the agenda so i guess i, I tried to do something like that okay yeah put it into it put it into play that's not why he's here we're here to talk about uh temples of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints we haven't talked to you for a couple weeks uh and there has definitely been some movement within uh temples in the church you want to start with reopenings uh yeah we last a little bit after we recorded last time the we got news that the kiev ukraine temple had reopened on a limited basis on october 14th and the church, they first, um, they didn't release this through Newsroom or any of the church channels. I think it was first, like, the local two news in Utah that got this story. And they said, the church spokesman said, the Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints has carefully evaluated current circumstances and decided to resume on a limited basis the sacred religious ceremonies in the temple. So it seems to be this is the first time it's been open since February. And of course, because of the conflict going on in Kiev. Uh, let me ask you this. Is it a, like appointment only or is it like, hey, Fridays, the one o'clock session is open and that's it? I assume it's appointment only because I went on to my account and tried to book a session there. Uh -huh. But there is it's not available. Ah. So I assume you have to call. W would you have traveled? Is that if you got in, you're like, well, I guess I got to go now. It's fate. How to go. Huh? Yeah. There's uh, no direct flights to Kiev, so you have oh, to then fly to Poland over. and then get a train and risk, you know, getting hit by a missile. Uh, bombs, technically. I don't think bombs. they would missile a uh, train. Well, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know warfare. Uh, you'd be probably safe in New Zealand, I would imagine. 
That's right. On October 16th, uh, Elder Dieter F. Ukurf went to New Zealand, to Hamilton, New Zealand, to rededicate the temple that's been closed for four years for a renovation. And if you saw on any of the social media channels, he was met by some traditional Maori ceremonies. Like he went into this, I presume, to be a church gym and had some people, um, I guess, doing some dances and stuff. I don't know yeah. how to describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a big production. If you've ever been to like the Polynesian Cultural Center or you ever seen any of the like Maori traditions, like it's not just mm. like welcome Elder Ukdorf. It's like have a seat. And for the yeah. next several minutes, we're gonna walk you through the history of our people, that kind of thing. It was pretty cool, it looked like. Yeah, so the temple was uh dedicated and reopened in this last week. And it was originally dedicated in nineteen fifty-eight by David O. McKay. So it's one of the older temples. It's interesting. I read an article about how uh, one elder who's serving a mission in New Zealand, when he found out that it was Elder Uchtdorf that was going to rededicate it, I don't want to say lost his mind, but it, the, the article was like, I knew I had to be there. So it was divine intervention because he's serving somewhere else that wasn't there. And I don't know if everyone was able to go there or whatever, but he's just like, and I, I don't revere him anything more than you know, then what is calling it? It's not a fandom, but I'm such a big fan. It was a funny kind of, uh, you know, two sides of that. Yeah, there are 12 apostles, but some are maybe more popular than others. But we're not supposed to say that. Yeah, no, but but inevitably they're going to be. That's the thing that's so funny. And and it's even funnier when you've been around long enough to like, I think that um, 30 years ago, this this will be tangential, but I'll be quick. 30 years ago, I remember, you know, there was a video that we had to watch. Well, it wasn't 30 years ago. That makes me sound super old. 25 years ago, uh, where M. Russell Ballard was part of the the video. And he was, sorry, Elder Ballard, pretty boring in the video. But in the, in the <laughs> last couple of years, it seems like Elder Ballard has been far more endeared to the church. So it's interesting when you see it even like, oh, no, to, oh, good, this guy. This this apostle is speaking next. It's funny when you see that trajectory. See, tangential, but short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about uh, some temple open uh, for tours? Let's talk about that. Yeah, the one in Belém, Brazil. Um, it opened on October 22nd. It'll be open through the 5th of November and dedicated on the 20th. So um, as part of the open house, they released the photos of the interior. And so if last week we talked about the um, the Quito, Ecuador temple, and it's almost the exact same temple, except I think all the colors are slightly a cooler palette, I would say. Some whites and blues rather than some oranges and yellows. And you can see if you go to uh, the links in the show notes uh, in, in accordance with this episode, you can actually see not only all these facts, but there are some... Um, hyperlinks that you can go to be able to see the photos of the interior, et cetera. Do you have a particular uh, favorite interior of a temple? Um, well, I like the ones that have nice patterns, like floral patterns and stuff. Mm-hmm. The, there's one in Brazil in the endowment room. You can see the the wallpaper um, has a cool like leaf motif mm-hmm. that's just all over the wall. And it just makes it a lot like stand out more than just like a plain white wall. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I knew you'd have a response to that, even though it's an <laughs> off the wall question. Because I think when most people think of like what their favorite temple is, I think they think of the uh, exterior and they start to think of things like La Ie or San Diego, you know, those kind of things. But the interior, just as important. In fact, some would argue more important. Uh, groundbreakings. Yeah. Um, so we got four groundbreakings announced for four temples in Central and Central America and Mexico. Uh, the first one is Managua, Nicaragua. Um, we've been waiting for this one a long time. It was one of the first temples that President Nelson announced in 2018. So it will be, uh, the ground will be broken on November 26th by Taylor G. Godoy. And then we also got a rendering for the first time of this temple, which just like the one in, in Belém, Brazil, it's a pretty similar, except it's a kind of a Spanish colonial design. And I would say it's located in this kind of the swanky part of Managua, um, this place called Residencia Las Colonias. And if you can just look from the satellite. I was just going to ask you, how do you know it's swanky? <laughs> because um, you have a lot more foliage. You have a lot more like landscaping around the houses and everything. And the houses are spaced more apart. And so there's probably gates into these houses. I'd like to pre-apologize for the joke that I'm about to make. But you know, <laughs> you know why uh, it took... 
the uh, Nicaragua temple so long for the groundbreaking to be announced. Do you know why? I don't. They were waiting for Godoy. <laughs> That's right. And the two people that get it, you're welcome. Everyone else, I apologize. Ask your English teacher or theater teacher, I suppose. Uh, okay, another groundbreaking. Uh, Guatemala City? Yeah, Miraflores, Guatemala City. This is the second one in Guatemala City. Um, it's going to be... Uh, the, the ceremony will be December 3rd by... Patricio Grufra, I think is what his name is. And so we discussed this in previously. It's going to be in this kind of the center part of uh, Guatemala City where the, the Roosevelt Ward meets. They're going to tear down that meeting house and place it with a temple. And he, I'm assuming, is what? Area 70, Patricio? Uh-huh. I think everyone that's presiding over these are in the area presidency, either the president or the counselors. Okay, so they'll level a ward house and build the temple. They're in. Uh, how about Mexico? Torreón. Two more in Mexico, Torreon, uh, November 10th by Hugo Montoya. Um, this this has been one of my pet peeves, why this temple has not been renamed, because it's being named after the city of Torreon, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's located in Gomez Palacio. And not these two cities are twin cities, but they're in, located in different states. So Torreon is in Coahuila, and then Gomez Palacio is in Durango. But they're still um, keeping the Torreon name, I guess. It would be as if, you know, um, Portland and Vancouver, Washington. Um, it's as if you were going to build the Portland Temple in Vancouver and then still call it the Portland Temple. Yeah. They're separated by states and they're separated by river. And so just like this one in Mexico, it, it's kind of odd that they wouldn't just rename it the Gomez Palacio Temple. Well, we don't we don't apologize for the names that we give temples, Corey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, but we I know the DC temple is in Kensington, Maryland, but it's still called Washington, DC. So yeah, why do you think that is? Just because we want to be able to give a better general direction, I guess. Would people know more where Torreon, Mexico is as opposed to Gomez Palacio? Well, my my take is that because most of the church leadership is not located in Mexico, um most of the people in the city would know where Gomez Palacio is. Most of the people in Mexico would know where it is, but because we're still kind of a North American church. Like we're just, oh, it's just Torreon. It's all the same. Mm. But if it's like something in Utah, then we're definitely going to change the name to make it more location specific. Hmm. Well, then how dare us? <laughs> uh, we got another one in Mexico too. Yeah, Queretaro, Mexico. It will be um, January 7th of the new year by Adrian Ochoa. Um, the map that they released on the church website was, it's not correct, I'm told by people on Facebook. It's actually... There's this lot kind of squeezed between two buildings, but the actual lot is on the corner. Hmm. Um, someone told me that because the address there is number 150 and the full acre size is on that part. So those guys at the church PR team need to work a little bit better at this. Come on, you guys. <laughs> Let's get a good satellite vision. It, will this be the first temple uh, ground broke in 2023? It will be. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I love this. uh Oh, never mind. I got ahead of myself. I was about to tease something else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and then how about the uh, Willamette Valley, Oregon Temple? Yeah, this is a groundbreaking that did happen um, this last weekend, October 29th uh, by Valerie V. Cordon. Um, so this is a, a, an instance where because the temple is located in Springfield, Oregon and not Eugene, they renamed the temple the Willamette Valley, Oregon Temple. And so there's probably like 60 or so temples that have names that are located in a city where they aren't physically located in. So I don't know why in this instance in Oregon, they decided to rename the temple, but in Mexico, tough luck. You know, it, it's funny to me uh, a little bit, and hopefully you can handle the jab. I get the, I, I get the impression that like you would go to one of these places, right? And you're like, it's the Torreon Mexico temple. And you'd have to like wait a session because the spirit isn't right with you before you could go in. (laughs) Okay. You're like, no, it's the, okay. Okay. I just need to, (laughs) now, now I can go in. Now the spirit is right with me. It does make, you know, for, for what you do um, and slash will do professionally, like it makes sense that you would be like, no, name it the thing that it is. Not the thing that it close to or might be or whatever, right? Because in the past, the church has had naming standards for temples. They've actually renamed temples based on, um, they've in the United States, their city, state, and then temple. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just, there, it seems like there's, there's there should be more, they should stick to their standards that they've already set for themselves, but whatever. 
we're more spirit of the law with temples now <laughs> yeah rather than <laughs> rather than letter uh now now uh, we can get to so throughout the week or weeks when Corey and i don't chat officially as part of a temple ticker i get to send him different links to articles that i find and uh, there was one that was status of all 118 temples announced by president nelson and i was half a half uh tempted to just be like be prepared to report on every single one of these we don't have time nor are people that interested but there probably are some things that stick out from the progress on the uh, 118 temples announced by president nelson let's Let's, let's talk about some of those things that stuck out to you. Yeah, I'll give you a breakdown of the numbers. Um, so, and it just, this just shows how much temples may progress or not progress, I guess, um, how fast they go. Mm-hmm. And so of those 118 temples, two have already been dedicated and one is scheduled for dedication. Uh, 43 are under construction. And then as we discussed, four are scheduled for groundbreakings. And then we have 10 temples where there's been a, a site announced. Six of them have a rendering even hmm. and then so far we've have 58 that don't have any public updates and and so uh i think it's interesting to note because sometimes i think we forget president nelson made president of the church in october 2018 april april, mm-hmm. april 2018 okay so i mean a long time but also not a long time but only two dedicated in the time that no, and those are ones that he announced and dedicated, correct? Because we've had other temples that President yeah. wants in it. Okay, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, the the two temples in in let's see in Guam and then in in Cape Verde mm-hmm. are the two that were just able to be have get their groundbreaking really fast, and then there were small temples, so they were built really fast. And then the fifty eight without any public updates. These are ones like uh, Russia, probably most famously, right? Uh huh. Russia. Um, that was April 2018, and then one of the Philippines. For some reason, this one just hasn't gone off the ground yet. Cagayan de Oro. Um, other temples in the Philippines that were announced afterwards have gotten groundbreakings, but there must be some delays with this one. Is there any scuttlebutt as to why the delay? I mean, uh, with the planning process, it's possible that the site they wanted was not ended up not being available or not possible, or mm. problems with getting approvals or finding a, a great uh, contractor. There could be many reasons. Uh, and then you you raised the one in Papua New Guinea as well. Yeah, um, that one, we in 2020, we got a, a site rendering and an, or a site uh, announced and a rendering of the temple, but still no groundbreaking. It was announced in October 2019. And so, but from satellite images, you can see that the meeting house where the temple's going to be is being demolished. So perhaps there'll be a groundbreaking soon. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> We're also waiting on other ones in Lagos, Nigeria, October 2018, and then Budapest, Hungary was April 2019. So those are the temples we've been waiting for the longest. I'm uh, I'm part of a uh, Facebook group because I serve my mission in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that is another place where one was just, you know, barely that's uh, April of, of this year of 2022 that that was announced. And it is almost every day that someone asks, does anyone know? Do we know where this is going? <laughs> Has anyone seen? And then someone will say, I'm traveling back there. I'll see if I can't find out where it is. No one knows. No one knows where it is yet. But and sometimes the secret gets out. And so yeah. I'm sure they're checking just to see if anyone's learned anything yet. But yeah. Yeah. Normally we have to wait for a press release. But we like to leak it if we can find out beforehand, because you like to be in the Mormon know, <laughs> as it were. Uh, any right. Anything else that you're looking forward to as we look? Uh, you know, we probably got maybe one or two of these left in 2022 anything that strikes you or that you see on the horizon that you'll be telling us about sometime soon um yeah just some construction updates of some temples that are nearing completion um if you if you saw the pictures of the one in bangkok recently they put like the holiness to the lord house of the lord inscription above the door Mm -hmm. and it's just really neat to see that in a language it's never had one before so thai and obviously thai is a, a unique language with a bunch of curves and dots and everything and so um it's really unique that that's cool. That's cool. Well, we uh, appreciate your time. Uh, not the Bishop Corey K. Ward. We'll still call him Cor Hor all the same. Hope this Thanks. episode has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of 
the cultural, the cultural home. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back row. 